0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in to another sweet episode of the 15 Minute Smarter Podcast. I'm Dr. Jonathan Falconer, and with me here is my co-host, Dr. Claric and Kia
2: ora, everybody. Today, we are talking about Nano.
1: Nanotechnology, some hard-hitting facts about Mm -hmm. small stuff with big potential.
2: Oh, I like that. I like what you did there. (laughs) Maybe we should start with the definition. What is nano?
1: Yeah, let's um, bring the energy down a little bit (laughs) with some uh, clinically scientific definitions. Nano refers to just a distance, so a nanometer. So a meter is a size that we all understand, at least outside of America. I'm almost two meters tall. So a nanometer is one billionth of a meter. So I am 1.9 billion nanometers tall, which makes me feel really tall. If I, give my I mean, height you are quite tall. <laughs> and, uh... Our fingernails grow one nanometer in one second. Oh. If you could focus really hard on your fingernail for one second, mm-hmm. yeah. you could see it grow.
2: I'm well, not sure that you can see You can't.
1: Yeah, you can't. Because the smallest thing that we could see is like a cotton fiber on a shirt. Mm-hmm. That's about 10,000 nanometers.
2: Yeah, okay. So
1: we're still, yeah, we can't see them, unfortunately.
2: So really tiny. Why is nanotechnology so important?
1: It's important because when we change sizes from my size, so 1.9 billion billion. nanometers, Mm -hmm. down to the size of stuff we can barely see, like 10,000 nanometers, the materials behave pretty much the same. So there isn't much of a change in how things react. But when we go from 10,000 nanometers down to 1,000 nanometers, 100 nanometers, 5 nanometers, Things start to behave differently, especially between like 100 nanometers down to a few nanometers. Yeah. Things do really different stuff. Weird. Yeah. And that's because the way chemistry works is you have molecules that need to interact with other molecules or atoms. Mm-hmm. And if you have a 10,000 nanometer particle, almost every single one of those atoms or molecules is going to be inside of the particle. So it can't actually do anything with anything because it can't access it, right? Because it's all inside They're of that particle. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so if you make things really small, like a 5 nanometer particle, now yeah. all of a sudden 10% of the atoms are outside, so they can react with stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you need a lot less of something for it to do cool stuff. <laughs>
2: That's the definition as well. Yeah, they can do cool stuff. stuff.
1: (laughs) So there's a company that is making a nano salt to try and reduce the amount of salt you need to put on food Mm. because salt can be unhealthy in high doses. So if you have normal size salt grains that like you could see in a salt shaker, it might take a lot of salt for your food to taste salty. But if you make super tiny salt particles like hundreds of nanometers a lot more of the salt particles will be on the surface. So when they touch your taste buds, it'll taste salty even though you have way less of it because many more of the salt molecules are on the surface instead of inside of the particle. Because when they're inside the particle, they can't do anything.
2: Gotcha. Okay. How do you make sure that you're putting on the correct amount of salt if you cannot see the particle? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Good question. (laughs) electron microscopes <laughs> so we have tools that uh that will allow us to see stuff that's really small and uh, another cool thing about nanotechnology is that when you make things smaller they'll dissolve faster so there are a lot of drugs that will get ground up into nanoparticle sized particles so that they can dissolve in your stomach and then you can actually have effects from the drugs so some drugs if you have drug microparticles mm-hmm. they literally won't do anything because they won't dissolve they won't get into your bloodstream they won't have an effect yeah. but if you turn them into nanoparticles now all of a sudden they'll dissolve quicker enough to get into your blood and then
2: yeah and that but, but like that feels like something that's kind of intuitive you know you make it smaller it's going to dissolve better yeah. more surface area that seems yeah. that's our goal but that's okay be intuitive. that's all good <laughs> <laughs> but but like on the nanoscale, some of these different elements just do weird stuff, like react to light differently yeah. and and conduct electricity differently, and they've got like different magnetic properties and yeah. all this kind of stuff. I remember like first looking into this, and that just blew my mind. And I remember seeing nanoparticles of gold. Yeah, and you know you've if you have a. a gold bullion it's gonna shine a beautiful gold color if you
1: had a, a meter gold particle
2: <laughs> that would be, it'd nice. be gold
1: and you'd be really rich
2: but when you have gold nanoparticles of different sizes they reflect different wavelengths of light and so they appear different colors yeah they're like red and magenta and yeah
1: it's not just gold colored weird,
2: weird. but As we said, huge amount of potential, huge possibilities, and scientists are just kind of exploring all of these now and all of the different things that they can do. And we went along and had a chat to one of these scientists, Dr. Anna Garden, and she's a MacDiamond Institute investigator, but also a lecturer in chemistry at the University of Otago. Anna, thank you so much for coming along to chat to us today. We're going to start off with, for you,
0: why is nanotechnology important? Um, I think, to me, the reason why nanotechnology is so important is because it basically gives us a third dimension to the periodic table. So if you think about the periodic table is sort of the chemist's or the material scientist's um, toolbox or mm. the building blocks that we have to play with, we have a series of different elements that all have different properties and things. But generally, if you're looking at gold, gold has the properties of gold typically. But when you start to change the size of gold, then you get sort of a range of different properties emerging. So it's like we can tune not just across the different elements, but now we can tune with size that tunes the type of properties that we can get out. So we get a a whole lot more knobs that we can turn, I guess, to get the properties and the materials that we wish to play with.
1: Yeah. So we're looking at the chemical properties and now also the size on top of
0: that. Exactly.
2: Wow. That seems like an overwhelming amount of things to kind of
0: play with. It is. It absolutely is. And I think that's probably why this nanotechnology has become one of these buzzwords, in a sense, because it's so open-ended. There's so many things now that we have available to us to play with and to learn about and hopefully use in a useful way. So with that in mind, what's the
2: most exciting thing about nanotechnology right now?
0: I think because, so I'm a physical scientist and I really like looking and learning about the what's and the why's. So for me, the most exciting bit is not necessarily the application, but to me, it's just what we can do now. The types of synthetic techniques that we have now, so the control over the size of the things that we can make is really quite phenomenal. Um, I've got some colleagues that I work with over in the UK who make these nanoparticles to plus or minus 2% in accuracy in their size. So this is plus or minus only a couple of atoms and they can really control this. And then with the advances in imaging techniques as well, we can actually see those and we can see individual atoms. So to me, that's a really exciting bit is that we now have the ways that we can look at and manipulate and really control what we're making on that small scale.
1: So I guess one of the challenges of nanotechnology is that you can make particles with a really specific size, like control just one or two atoms, but then it becomes difficult to make a lot of them
0: yeah that is definitely a big challenge and to and that that really is the thing because the properties can change so much and they don't just go from bulk properties to nanoscale properties but you've got a whole continuum based on the size of yeah. the nanoparticles is that if you don't have the control over the size then you don't have the control over those properties and i think that's one of the things that can scare the public a little bit as well because i know nanotechnology has a little bit of a um, public resistance yeah. Sometimes, and there are certainly a lot of um, somewhat dubious products that are yeah. touted about the place as being mm. nano and whatnot. But the 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 simple fact is, that if you want to get any of this to market or to use, or even in the so you know in the health sector and the food sector, this has to be really controlled. Yeah, yeah. and I know with
1: yeah. uh, with like titanium dioxide sunscreens, yeah. if the particles are below 20 nanometers they absorb a lot more uv light so they offer better protection but then they can also release more reactive oxygen species exactly which is damaging to cells so it's like this careful balance yeah. Where... yeah
0: and sometimes you are you are on that knife edge but and that to me i think as well sort of harking back to what i said the that's what excites me is that we are getting the ability to control yeah this now and that's what's going to allow us to actually use this Um, And we have to control it and we have to understand it. So that's why there's so many people working on not just making things on the nanoscale, but really understanding all aspects of it to understand, yes, well, it might be a great sunscreen, but then it will also damage you Mm. in another way. So in your own research, do you have to have this kind of
2: fine control that you're talking about?
0: Well, we approach this problem from a slightly different angle in my Mm. group in that we are computational chemists. So we have complete control over the size because the computer will simulate exactly what we (laughs) ask it to simulate, which is really nice. Um, But the reason why um, this field can be really useful is because we can completely control the size of the particle by Mm -hmm. absolutely specifying it and then investigating the properties in detail. So we can build all of the different size particles. We can build different features that might be present on particles. So we can really get this atomic scale understanding of what these particles will do yeah. and how they might behave before they're made synthetically when perhaps you don't have um, the fine control over them. So we basically try to mimic um, a lot of chemical reactions on the surface of these particles um, to see how they might go compared with the bulk.
2: Okay. And what kind of chemical reactions are you looking at? Okay, so- what are you trying to improve on?
0: Yeah, well, we have... So our focus is catalysis, so using these nanoparticles to speed up and direct chemical reactions. We have um, three key reactions that we're looking at in my research group. and um, We're doing a little bit work of uh, on CO2 reduction, so mm-hmm. taking CO2, passing it over a catalyst to turn it into uh, ideally metha- methane or methanol or something like that, which granted is um, when we burn it, we get CO2 as yeah. well, but it would at least close the cycle to be yeah. a carbon neutral fuel. Yeah, and then you kind okay. of need
1: to turn carbon dioxide into something that you can use yeah. to capture it, right? Otherwise, yep. you just have to like bury tons of carbon dioxide exactly. in the ground or something.
0: Exactly. So that's one of them. Um, another one that we're working on, which is a little bit related, is nitrate reduction. So if there's a way that we can take nitrate, which is a really well-known pollutant in our waterways, and find the right catalyst that can convert the nitrate into something like molecular nitrogen, which is um, 70% of the air yeah, around us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, traditionally,
2: what are these catalysts? made of and what are you kind of modeling them to be made of
0: well so traditionally the problem with a lot of catalysts is they're made out of precious metals like platinum is one of our favorite catalysts for a lot of things and we would rather not use that because it's expensive yeah Um, so one thing is that you can make this on the nanoscale so then it's a lot smaller there's far more surface um, to bulk ratio so you get more active bits if you like so you're not wasting material better value yeah but one of the things that we're doing we're looking at trying to make hydrogen evolution catalysts to make hydrogen to use as a fuel you might have heard of the hydrogen economy yeah um and we're specific so platinum is amazing at doing this but expensive and rare so we're trying to look for basically elements in the periodic table that are earth abundant as we say that we can make these catalysts out of that might have comparable activity to platinum cool
2: thanks so much anna just before you go what is the most
0: mind-blowing thing for you about nanotechnology I think to me, um, it's just that they are so small. We can make yeah. them so small. <laughs> we can see them so small, we can see these tiny atoms and they have just remarkable properties when they're that small. At um yeah. Yeah. Infinite so, periodic time. Infinite periodic time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was great. Anna sounds like she's working on some really interesting and important stuff there. Yeah. It sounds like it's very important to have that computer modeling step because otherwise It'd be so difficult to just try and make the right particle.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's difficult. So that would be, so there's two different types of making nanoparticles. There's bottom-up synthesis, which is that one, basically Mm -hmm. putting atoms together. And to do this on any large scale, you need to do something called self-assembly, where particles sort of make themselves, but you're still limited in how much of a material you can make. So industrial processes typically use top-down synthesis where you take a really big thing and then grind it up into nanoparticles. Grind it up. Yeah. (laughs) So for the drug particles, the drug nanoparticles that dissolve easier, that would be top-down synthesis. Okay. But bottom-up synthesis uh, can be used on a large scale in nature. Animals and plants actually use bottom-up synthesis because you're making nano proteins basically from individual amino acids which are just mm-hmm. tiny little molecules mm-hmm. and those end up working because enzymes are really good at making stuff specifically so gecko feet i think are a really cool example of nanotechnology in nature and basically they make these little tiny nano pillars or you could think of them as like hairs or a brush kind of yeah on their feet and basically those little pillars allow the gecko's foot to attach to every part of a rough surface and allows them to stick to them and climb on ceilings and
2: stuff yeah and even things that we to our like naked eye we see as, as smooth right like glass yeah actually when you get down when you like really look at them at the tiny, tiny levels, they're actually quite rough. And so there's plenty of stuff for the gecko to stick on. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty neat. It is pretty neat. I wish I was a gecko. <laughs> um, don't we all? It's a lovely <laughs> gecko life. <laughs> um, Just
1: eating bugs and chilling upside down.
2: Jano, you got all the way through that episode without saying size matters even once. I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank you. It was it was very challenging and uh, and it feels good to be recognized for my hard work.
2: What are we talking about in the next episode?
1: Next episode, we are going to talk about smart materials. Oh,
2: nice. Look out for it, everybody. And in the meantime, if you want to know more about nanotechnology and the work being done here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, you can go to
1: www.macdiarmid.ac.nz.